Back's, back shared a little bit. Um, we've looked at some images on the screen. We've talked about the world and how it's going at the moment. During the week, I've caught up with a few of you. So I want to start with just this question. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> I think that's the most uh, insightful thing that I've heard you say while I've been preaching, Kerry. I think that sums up pretty perfectly how I get a sense most of us are doing at the moment. Um, Beck spoke about this idea of overwhelm, that um, it's been a long time that we've been hanging in there with a whole bunch of things, and this week we just seem to have more and more. And I don't know about you, but that's getting to on top of me, carrying a whole lot of weight for the world that I can't do much about. And recognising that, yeah, we are hoping for the return of Jesus to set things right. Um, can, I, can I encourage you too, if you are feeling that sense of overwhelm, it's probably a good thing. It means that you're a compassionate person who cares about the world, who is living through this very strange time. So if you're feeling that, take that as a sign that there's not as something that's wrong, but it's something that's right, that this is what it means to be human and to care for others and care for the world. Um, but, I, but I do want to speak into that a little bit this morning because to just sit there in overwhelm is not a good place to be. And the Word of God speaks into times like this. And I want to share that word with you this morning because God doesn't want us to be ignorant about the times we're in. He doesn't want us to be unaware of who he is and what he's doing at a time like this. He doesn't put us here to be lightning rods for anxiety. He puts us here to be beacons for his peace and his kingdom. So I want to share with you from the book of Timothy, Timothy going through a similar kind of time as we are, about what God's word to us is in a time like this. Um, I want to start with the problem, though. So hang in there with me for like the first half of this sermon. It's not getting nicer. It's getting more overwhelming just for a little bit. This is how Paul starts the third chapter of Timothy. He says, Mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. <laughs> Hang in there, Carrie. <laughs> You've got to go through the uh, dark to find the light. I, I, I feel like uh, we resonate with these words a little bit. We've kind of seen it lived out. Paul is speaking to Timothy and saying to him, don't be surprised at this. In this time, people are going to chase 
sin and their evil desires rather than God, it will spiral out of control. They will go from bad to worse and get into this loop that just ends in destruction. It's a spiral that's present there in Scripture, that when sin came into the world, it got into everything. It changed our desires. It changed our perspective on what is good. It led us to a place where we were only evil all the time. There is that spiral there. And uh, Kerry, it gets worse. Paul goes on to say, not only will people do this, but there will be some who um, do everything they can to persuade others to join in. He said, they're the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women. Sorry, women, you get a rough deal in this passage. Who are loaded down with sin and are always swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they'll not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. He, Paul talks about these uh, two guys, Janus and Jambres. Um, they're not actually in the Bible. Uh, let me ask you a question. What's the name of the wise men? Does anyone know? Uh, the wise men in the Bible. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Balthazar, Caspar, and Malkiel. <laughs> just wait, just wait. That's my point, is that, is that that is our tradition. We've got these names for these men. It's not in the Bible, but we, we need to have them in Christmas plays, and we need to talk about And so we have this tradition that the wise men were known by these names. We don't know if it's true, but it's great. It's, uh, you can talk about them and you can have paintings of them and it's awesome. Janus and Jambres were like that. That was the name that the Jewish people gave to the two magicians who in Egypt opposed Moses. They were people that were so committed to sin and so committed to power and so committed to having their way that when God spoke in the nation of Egypt, they did everything they could to reject and draw people away from the word of God. They did everything they could to silence and discredit the word of God. God's done this miracle. We'll try and do this trick over here. It's not a big deal. Don't listen to it. Keep doing what you're doing. Paul says to Timothy, this is how the world is. There are people that have rejected God. There are people that are so committed to do that that they'll do everything they can to reject the word of God and discredit it. Don't be surprised at that. That is the way the world is. Um, it, it is easy to be surprised at that, I think. Sometimes we have this idea that now that Jesus has come, he's died, the Holy Spirit's been poured out, that the world should just slowly get better and better and better. Um, in fact, 
Paul kind of says the opposite's a bit true. Now that evil has been defeated, now that it knows that its time is short, it does everything it can to uh, pull as much as it can down with it. It's almost like um, the image he gives is of a cornered animal, like a, a honey badger or something like that, the most fiercest animal in the world, that if you corner it, it will... Oh, it, it won't even think about its own protection. It will just <laughs> do as much damage as it can be do. That's the image that Paul gives to Timothy. He says, evil is like this. It's like a wounded beast that's thrashing around. He says... Be aware of this. Don't be surprised at this. Have your head on straight about the kind of world that we're in. And I I think that right now we kind of feel that keenly. As Christians, we are hopeful realists. Beck spoke a little bit about that at the start of the service. It's a difficult job as a worship leader that we want to celebrate the joy Sorry, Jeff, I I completely just went over that. (laughs) We want to be joyful and celebrate the victory that we have in Jesus, but not do it in a way that says, and because of Jesus, everything is going to be fine. That is actually realistic about the world and the challenges that we face. Where we recognize that actually the challenges of this world are not a surprise to God. What is happening at the moment isn't strange. It's a reality of living between the now and the not yet. It's a reality of living between the time when Jesus has defeated evil, but where it's still raging around like a wounded beast. He said, get your heads on straight about that. Jesus talked about it a lot. He said, living in this time is like going through childbirth. (laughs) That's the metaphor that he gave. I don't want to comment too much on that, but many of you have been through childbirth and you know that it is not an easy experience. It is painful, but there's joy at the end. He said, in this world, you will face trouble. He said, if people call me all kinds of names and persecute me and put me to death, the king present in the midst Don't be surprised if they want to do the same to you. That if you follow me, you will face the same kind of experiences that I faced. And then he went on to say, don't lose heart. In this world you will have many troubles, but I have overcome the world. Just as he overcame, we have the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead and we will overcome as well. Uh, In Romans, Paul said, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus said, watch and pray. Uh, I, I just want to read to you from Luke. He said, I think this is on the slide, Jeff. Yeah. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. For it will come on all those who live on the faithless of the whole earth. 
but always be on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that's about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of God. Jesus said, be on watch. Don't get discouraged. Don't get weighed down. Don't fall into the same trap that everyone else is around you. Be on your watch and pray. And he taught us what to pray. So um, we've done a bit of praying already in this service. I don't want to um, keep, uh, I don't know, I don't want to uh, be reflecting on the world too much. But what I would like us to do is just be mindful of all the things that have led up to the service that we've walked through up until this point. And I'd like us together to pray the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that Jesus taught his people to say, this is how you follow me. This is how you live in the world in this time in between my uh, death and resurrection and my return. This is the prayer of the church. So I've actually got it on the screen and I'd like us to bring everything that's happening in our lives personally in the world to God and use this prayer to do it. So why don't we pray together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. All right, are you ready for some good news? <laughs> All right, good. So Paul's point is that um, whenever the liberating gospel goes forward in power, whenever God is at work, there will be those who oppose it um, by tricks, by any means that they can. Um, last week, we kind of talked about Paul's charge to Timothy. Um, I use that analogy of walking into a room and not realizing why you're there. And uh, Paul wrote to Timothy and said, this is why you're here. You are here to live in the power of Jesus and pass that on to others. Do good, teach others how to follow me and make disciples. Um, he said this, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace along with all those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them the repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil, who has taken them captive to do their will. That was the instruction to Timothy. Uh, don't get involved in stupid arguments. Bless, forgive, instruct people gently. That's why we're here. But he, Paul goes on to say, don't just do that um, when it suits you and when the time's right. He also says, when you are suffering persecution... When the world is fully against you, stay committed 
to that work. It's not just if things are going well, be that kind of person, and if they're not, then get out of there. He says, no, even in the midst of trouble, strife, and persecution, be this kind of person. This is what he says in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. He says, You know, however, about, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, suffering. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? <laughs> the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, this is the kicker, as for you, continue on what you've learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and know how from infancy... You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. My, um, my message this morning is that even in hard times, this is why we are here to follow the example of Jesus, to follow the example of Paul, to be equipped for good works, for, to hold on to the word of God and his promises. Paul, Paul says to Timothy, you've seen my life, the good and the bad, and you've seen how God has been faithful through it. And know that in your life, God will be faithful as well even if you're facing a situation you don't know how to get out of, just like I have many, many times, God will be faithful. Even if you're facing persecutions, God will be faithful. Don't get sucked into those who go from bad to worse, but bless, be patient, be faithful and do good. In season and out of season, be kind and good. do good. Love and serve. That's the point. And the encouragement is this, that in those times, when you find yourself in a terrible time like that, God doesn't need to be chased down. You don't need to get all your ducks in a row. He isn't testing you. He is there. He is faithful not because of anything we're doing, but simply because that is who he is. That is his character. In the hard times, we can have confidence that God is with us and God is for us and he is good and he is faithful and he will bring to completion the work that he has begun. So encouraging if we're daring enough to believe it. God is here even now. Today, he is at work. He is faithfully calling people to follow him, to join him, to become part of his kingdom, and he'll bring that work to completion. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on, in us on earth as it is in heaven, even if earth is rejecting and fighting against you. I feel like um, one of the things that Paul is doing in this letter is writing against those who kind of claim to know God and are smart about it and say, oh, if you just do this and follow this and have this idea, then things will be great. And those who actually know God. He's saying to, he's saying to Timothy, follow my example. Someone who knows that it's not all about fancy ideas. It's not all about um, looking the part. It's simply about being someone who is willing to trust God and serve him and love him no matter what. That is what it really means to know. Continue in that. Hold on to the scriptures as well. One of the great things, thank you for sharing that psalm this morning, Beck. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for helping us to know how to live in this time. This letter of 2 Timothy is particularly useful for us at this time. What I'd encourage you to do is go back and read through it. Not have me speak to you about it, but you read through it and listen to hear what the word of God is saying to you. And just as I finish up my message this morning, I want to share with you another psalm. I, I, for a long time, I think uh, us here in Australia in the church haven't known what to do with the psalms. They kind of are speaking a foreign language. But it's interesting how we come into a time like this where there's real uncertainty and suddenly we come alive with this heart language of God that we have this book that is about a people journeying with God through all the challenges of life and crying out to him and worshipping him and suddenly we have a songbook for the time that we're in. We've got a playlist. Um, we've got these psalms. So I want to share with you Psalm 86. It's a prayer of David. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord. For I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all those who call on you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen for my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvellous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your ways, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I'll praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths. 
from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and in faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. As for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm just going to pray and then hand back to Beck. Lord God, thank you that we can gather together as your people. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, that you are faithful and good and in your presence we find joy. Thank you that you restore our souls. Thank you that you bring peace and I pray peace upon us and upon this world. Thank you that even when there is turmoil and evil, you are at work and you are faithful. Lord, may we not be discouraged. May we remember that you are good. May we be faithful and kind. May we be patient. May we not get involved in foolish arguments, but simply do good and serve you and follow the example of Jesus, of Timothy, of Paul, of all those who've gone before us in faithfully loving you and loving the world. And we pray that your kingdom would come. Amen.